The Green Solution has 17 locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, and check out mygreensolution.com to order your flowers, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Davidson's is locally owned and has over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try, as well as wines from around the world, and fine single malts and rare whiskeys as well. You can download their app today and use promo code FIRST10 to get 10% off your next purchase of $25 or more. That promo ends at the end of January, so just a couple of days left to get in on that at either of their two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Again, that's first 10. F-I-R-S-T-1-0 to get 10% off your first order of $25 or more. I'm Nathan Rudolph. We have a special guest on the show today joining us once again to talk a little bit more about the analytical side of the abs and hockey is Andy Duro. Andy, how are you doing? I have a little bit of a cold, so if I end up sounding like Squidward or coughing in your ear, I apologize in advance, but otherwise, pretty good. Hanging in there. You can at least come on the pod, unlike me and AJ, who who were struggling the other week. Uh, (laughs) It's going around that time of year. Everybody here has this, so it was just my turn. So, yeah, getting through as best I can. Well, getting through a bit like the Az, well, actually, I imagine you'd be feeling a lot better if you were getting through as well as the Az has been lately, but I did want to start by talking about their PDO specifically. It's been a big topic. A lot of people have consistently been talking about how, oh, the Avs have just been getting really, really lucky in the first half of this season. You do look at their PDO. They have the highest in the league. It's come down significantly lately. But I guess my main question to you would be, what are the driving factors behind the Avs having such a high PDO so far this year? Well, so anybody who isn't familiar with PDO, um, it, it's we don't know exactly what the acronym is. It just It's just PDO. It doesn't necessarily stand for anything. But it's the team's five-on-five shooting percentage plus their goaltending percentage, their save percentage. And it just adds both of those up. And normally you expect it to be right around 100. So if your goalies are stopping 92% of the shots and your forwards and defensemen are shooting 8%, that comes out to right around 100. And this stat is more of a, let's say like a check engine light. Um, it doesn't necessarily tell you 
what is wrong or necessarily what is going on, but if it's way far off of 100 and even 101 can be considered way far off, uh, it, it means that something is going on, something is a little out of whack, and it means that either the shooting has been going in at a rate higher than what you would expect over a long period. So you're going to stop scoring as many goals um, if your shooting percentage is too high or your save percentage is too high. It means that your goalies are going to regress down to the mean and they're going to allow in some goals. And, uh, you know, some player talent can play into that, but this is a stat that has been tracked for the last 10 years and very, very consistently over time, it has been shown that the longer you track it, the closer to 100 it gets. There aren't really outliers to PDO, at least over a long enough sample size. So it's one of those things where, like I said, if it's really high or really low, you know something is coming, you know something's going on, and you know that it's either your hot streak is going to end or your cold streak is going to end. And sometimes all you have to do is just push through it and get to the point where it does. So the Avs PDO over this year has been very high. Um, the goaltending has been consistently good, which is good. Um, and their shooting percentage has really been the biggest driver behind it, which has also been pretty consistently high. So um, we saw recently, though, during this downturn that we had heading into all-star break where everybody started freaking out about the defense and about our talent levels, really it was our shooting percentage took a really high dive. Let's see. I've got the chart pulled up. It was um, – we were shooting 14%. Heading into that cold streak, and then we dropped down to uh, 7% over the course of about five games. And these are rolling averages over about five games. So the Avs went from scoring a lot on the shots that they were taking to just not. They were getting goalied. And then our goalies decided to take a downturn at the same time. So it's it's kind of been one of those double-sided swords and we just got hit by both sides uh so that that's really kind of what's been going on recently with the pdo and with this downturn it was you know pretty well expected it's actually kind of amazing that the team went as long as they did before hitting that downturn but it was a correction um corrections happen and they've already started to pull out of it so you do think that the PDO is, is taking an upturn despite them still having one of the highest in the league? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at their, I've got their flag game rolling chart again pulled up. This is from chartinghockey.ca um, or chartinghockey on Twitter. He's a great guy. Um, great stats. He updates them daily. So if you're interested at all in any of this, that's definitely the easiest way to follow along. But uh, yeah, the ABS PDO has come down 
pretty close to 100. They're they're back up above it a little bit, at least in their five-game rolling average. Um, their shooting percentage has already jumped back up. Um, their save percentage has actually taken a bit of a downturn in the past couple games. But, yeah, it's, it's on its way back up again, it appears. Um, what you're seeing with the overall season PDO is the fact that they have been on a hot streak for most of it. Um, but when you start looking a little bit more granular, you start looking at, at the five game rolling. Yeah. I, I think that the abs are still on really solid footing and I don't see them uh, continuing to slide heading out of the break. Okay. I, I'm just looking at some of the biggest outliers for the abs and PDO here. Guys that are primary scorers for the abs, like McKinnon, like McCarr, they're a little bit on the high side, but nothing ridiculous. The ones that seem to be really bringing it up are guys like Val Nachushkin, who's sitting on an on-ice percentage of over 95%, or someone like Ryan Graves, who has a, an on-ice shooting percentage of about 12.5%. So it, it seems like a lot of the secondary scorers, I guess, on the abs are the ones that are being hit by this the most. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that you will see, um, like I said, to some extent. Guys like McKinnon are probably going to be shooting a little bit over average. Um, He just, not by much, but top six guys do tend to be a little bit higher than, uh, I think shooting average is somewhere around 9%. So a guy like McKinnon coming in at, at 11 is not unexpected that he can maintain a slightly high PDO, but guys like Nick Chushkin shooting at 11%, you expect that to fall as well. So yeah, the, the depth has definitely been rising the, the PDO um, just from their shooting percentage. And then the, the save percentage, I mean, Grubauer has been good this year uh, despite some uh, frustrations that I may have had with him. Overall, he's he's mostly been doing his job, and uh, it's it's reflected in the fact that the Abs have, you know, come away with a, a really nice PDO. So, yeah, I I do find it a bit interesting how varied this stat can be throughout a team. We look at the Abs, and there's really only one regular player under the even one there, and that's Gabe Landeskog at .9999, so he's essentially there. So, on the whole, the Avs, I would say, have been very solid in this stat, and the fact that it does seem to be trending up on that five-game average, as you advertised, does that mean that there's just something special happening this year, or are they just a good enough team to keep it that high? Well, it's it's trending up, but it's not as atmospheric as it was earlier in the season you know there there's a range and you know between like a hundred and a hundred point five and 99.5 that those once you start getting into those ranges it's pretty negligible those are right around average so the abs have jumped up a little bit but they are not clearing it by a whole lot. So I think that they have definitely come back down to earth um, and they are hovering right around that even mark. But uh, it does look like they are 
starting to come up again, possibly. We'll see what happens after the break, but uh, I think that PDO has certainly helped this team, but what makes this team special is all the other stats that go into it. Their underlying numbers have been very strong this year. So even when the PDO went, they were still playing really good hockey. So even if they aren't getting that luck, they're they're taking care of business to the point where it it doesn't really matter. They're they're going to keep winning games. They're going to keep doing things because this is a good hockey team and they're playing like it. Yeah, I think that's a point I've made once or twice this year. When the Avs score four goals on 18 shots or whatever it happens to be in a given game, there isn't really incentive for them to shoot more in that game. So it comes across as a very high shooting percentage, but we've seen them in games where they need to, they can drop 40 plus shots on a team if the puck isn't going in. Easily. And that's something that we definitely saw during this downturn is there was some concern about, oh gosh, can the Avs actually drive possession? Can they keep shooting the puck? Can they keep it away from the other team? Can they really take hold of a game and put it in a stranglehold and you know when they're scoring and the fact is they've been scoring early in the game to where they haven't had to try i and you know it's a long season 82 games why would you go completely energy 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 in a game where you don't have to you know the, the point is just to win the game and if you can kind of sit back and conserve your energy a little bit, why wouldn't you? It's 82 games. So what we've been seeing in this downturn is they haven't been getting that early goal. They've had to keep trying. They've had to keep pushing. And they've shown that they can. Yeah, I, they I think so. have absolutely come forward and they have dominated games where they haven't been scoring. So... You know, I, I have no problem with the fact that some of their underlyings might not be as strong because, you know, why would they be if they don't have to be? But we've also seen that to where if they have to, that this team can definitely lock down and play the air quotes right way when they need to. <laughs> Certainly context matters to say the least. We'll take our first period break here, and that means it's time to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They have all sorts of different types of beers. Andy, I don't know how often you get them out there up in the mountains. But... Oh, a ton. So there you go. Even up in the mountains or pretty, <laughs> pretty much anywhere in the U.S., you can find Breckenridge Brewery. Strawberry Sky is the one I'm sipping on right now for us with our little coughs. It's a nice, easy one to drink that goes down smooth and easy. So I would recommend that one if you're trying to get over a cold like some of us here at DNVR. But also keep an eye on the Breckenridge event calendar where we have all of our events planned. I do believe we have one coming up this Thursday. Highly recommend you RSVP to come out and have some Breck brews with us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. Joining me is Andy, and we are talking about the Avs from a bit more of an analytical perspective in this one. We've talked about the team's PDO on the whole. We started to get into the conversation of can the Avs be able to possess the puck and control a game in that regard? And we pretty much came to the conclusion that if they need to, yes, they can. 
And I wanted to kind of segue that into a few specific players. Number one, obviously, Nathan McKinnon. He's one of the highest Corsi percentage players on the team. Of course, he's been a massive possession driver this season, but how important is that kind of engine to the abs? How much of a difference is McKinnon's possession game making for this team? And McKinnon is the engine through the abs, full stop. Without him, this team is going to struggle. He just, he's carrying a load that very, very few players in this, not only in this league, but straight up on this planet can carry for an NHL team. And he is doing it despite injuries to his line mates. He's doing it despite playing against the top uh, competition. It it just doesn't matter. He's run away with this team and everything that the Avs are doing pretty much goes through him. Um, I've got pulled up his isolated impact on the team's offense. And uh, these, these are the heat maps from hockey viz. And I know that um, AJ especially has posted them a couple times, but Nathan McKinnon's isolated impact on the Avs offense versus an average player is plus 28%. That is stupid. I am looking at this giant red blob of scoring energy and it, I, I pulled it. I was expecting it to be pretty high, but yeah, there was definitely a little bit of a unbelieving snort that came out when it came up on my screen. So I mean, he is he is doing everything he can for this team, and it is outstanding to watch. Where it says uh, penalties drawn lots, is that a, an official <laughs> analytical term there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I mean, how else are you going to stop him? He goes skating by you, and you're like, well, I guess it's take a penalty or let Nathan McKinnon have a break away and have my goalie pee his pants watching this guy come <laughs> towards him. So, you know, well, those are your options. Um, you know, sometimes you protect your goalie and take one for the team and take the penalty. <laughs> well, and given the abs power play, it might be the right decision a lot of the time as well. But yeah, sticking with McKinnon, I'm not sure how much of this you can find analytically, but AJ and I have talked a little bit about how he's been significantly better on the defensive side of the puck as well. Far from perfect, but when you're looking at some of his previous seasons, at least to the eye test, I think he's done a much better job of getting the puck going the right direction when it's not already on the abs stick. Is there anything that you have to support that that's beyond my knowledge? Well, Like I said, I'm looking at these heat maps and on defense, um, you want a lot of blue. You want a a big negative number. And right now, Nathan McKinnon is standing at negative 7%. So he is 7% better than an average player at defense. And this is the first time in his career he's been higher than a negative four. So he's he's really stepped up uh, his defensive game and it is coming through in the numbers. And I mean, I wonder how much of that is the fact that uh, Landis Cog missed so much time because throughout his career, McKinnon has played a lot with Landy and Landy is such a good, reliable defensive player that 
you know, Landy plays center in the defensive zone most of the time when he's on that line, just because he is so good at it. And McKinnon has always struggled a little bit, but it's an area that, you know, with Landy out, Mac had to step up and he has so far. So I think that there's been a bit of um, maturity through need, if that makes any sense, uh, that he's, he's needed to step up his game because his safety blanket was out. So he has so far. And it's, it's been really encouraging to see that he is a becoming a really complete player. He's never going to be a, you know, defensive stalwart. But if you look at a lot of the um, best players in the league offensively, very few of them actually are decent on the defensive side. So for McKinnon to actually be showing improvement there is rare. And it just goes to show that his game is still continuing to grow into those areas. It's It's been fun to watch this year. Yeah, you mentioned the growing up by need or or whatever you want to call it, and I think it's pretty clearly happened on both ends of the ice for him as well. Uh, Let's face it, there were times where McKinnon was lining up with Matt Calvert on one wing and Jonas Donskoy on the other, and those are solid NHL players. No knock on them. They're very good at their jobs, but they're not really first-line players, and Nathan McKinnon is capable of turning them into at least functional on that top line, simply by himself. And I think that's when you really start getting into that truly one of the best players in the sport conversation. That's what you see guys like McDavid, what guys like Crosby do. Yeah, and I mean, McDavid has played a lot of this year with Dreisaitl on his wing, and you know, Crosby sometimes gets to play with Malkin, but McKinnon has played significant portions of this year without his really good line mates he has had to put a lot of burden on himself and he's still only what now like four points behind mcdavid for the lead and scoring uh he's actually got three more goals than uh mcdavid right now too so it's been pretty incredible once you Consider not only the fact that he's been scoring at such this astronomical pace, but he's also been doing it basically at a handicap because he hasn't had Rantanen with him. He hasn't had Landis Cobb with him. And he is almost doubling the second highest scorer on the Avs, who is a rookie defenseman. I mean, it's an impressive season. And quite frankly, uh, Nathan McKinnon deserves the Hart Trophy this year. I know he just recently came in second in uh, the voting, but especially if he can make up those four points um, and the, the Avs second half of the season is pretty easy uh, scheduling-wise. We play a lot of really bad teams. Uh, if he can catch McDavid, I don't think there is any argument at all for him not winning the Hart Trophy. And even if he doesn't, you know, like I said, McDavid has had Dreisaitl, who is currently second in the league in scoring. So, you know, it really irks me when you go back to, what was it, 2017, when Hall 
won the trophy because, oh, wow, look who Hall has to play with. It's nobody. He gets to play with nobody. And McKinnon has rant in it, so he can't win the Hart Trophy. He has help. Then we get to this year, McKinnon has no help. And uh, McDavid does. And McDavid, of course, is first in the voting. So a bit of a minor annoyance on my part there. But I do think that based on the way that this has been voted in the past, based on the season that McKinnon is having, he may not be the most talented player in the league. I think McDavid still beats him a little bit in that, that category. But he absolutely is the most valuable to his team this year. All right, you answered my next question before I could ask it on that <laughs> one. So you're on the ball. Uh, I did want to cover one other thing. When we look at expected goals for, I, I understand this is a bit of a strange stat and the highest level of players do outpace their expected goals for, but McKinnon is doing it by nearly 20 goals at this point. Is that as impressive as I think it is, or are other players keeping up with him in that regard? I have to pull that. I've got the ads expected goals, um, but let me see if I can get everybody else's. I can tell you that he is far and away above (laughs) almost all the other ads and expected goals for versus actual, except for Ryan Graves, but... (laughs) that doesn't surprise me i mean yeah it's definitely part of it i mean you you take into account where he shoots from and he he does often end up kind of more in that medium danger range instead of a really high danger range um so you know there there's certainly something to be a little concerned with there that it might drop off a a little bit as we move into the the back end of the season, but Nathan McKinnon leads the league in shots. Like he has more shots than even Alex Ovechkin. He puts the puck on net more than anyone else. And when you do that, the puck tends to go in. Uh, his shooting percentage isn't silly. I mean, 11% is really not weird for him especially after he became, you know, the Nathan McKinnon, as opposed to his first few years in the season or in the, in the league where he wasn't. Um, But ever since his breakout year, 11% is not a big deal. So, I mean, it might be a little concerning that he's that far over, but he's also an extremely talented player. So you know, bank those points when you can and hope it just keeps on rolling. All right. So McKinnon needs less than a point per game to reach a hundred points through the rest of this year. I assume you fully expect him to make it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> sure. Right. Of course. All right. Well, we can take our second period break there before we get into Another specific player that I want to talk about who I imagine both he and McKinnon, when their current contracts are up, 
are going to be in a very, very different tax bracket. So it's time to tell you guys about Symbio Tax, and they are here to help you get the most out of your 2019 tax return. Symbio provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You know we love taking care of our own here at DNVR, and George at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard Avs fan. Symbio Tax can assist you with your rental properties, small businesses, investments, and understand all the credits and deductions to help out working families. Get a head start on your tax return this year and give Symbio a call today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Rudo and Andy here throwing a lot of numbers your way. I find them really interesting. I know not everyone does, but I do think it's important to take a look at some of these underlying statistics for the Avs, and it's never a perfect science, but you're able to predict at least somewhat the future of where the organization is headed, to say the least. One of those players that I think has blown many people's expectations out of the water is, as Andy mentioned, the second highest scorer on the team in rookie defenseman Kale McCarr. Andy, is there any particular stat that just jumps out to you for him that is just not from this world? Uh, I mean, well, the fact that he is uh, currently leading rookies in points as a defenseman. Pretty good. Um, yeah, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> So, and this is with missing games. I mean, right. he, he missed, what, eight games? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's still leading them, even with that handicap thrown in. He's not that far off a point-per-game player at this point. 37 oh. points in 41 games, so... As a rookie defenseman, he has 11 goals. He is the Avs' leading rookie defenseman scorer Period. Full stop, yep. So he, he passed Lyles. So yeah, he's the the offense is impressive. The fact that he's not just hanging, but doing pretty well defensively too. It's a little rough in places, but it's still extremely impressive for a rookie defenseman that has basically been thrown into the fire and said, "Go do this." I, I have nothing but good things to say about Kale McCarr. Good. Well, I've hopefully you have a couple more good things to say about him. When you're looking at the Avs decor, obviously he's he's incredibly important as an offensive fixture, scoring the second most points on the team. But how important is his usage as a, as a defenseman, not only with a significant portion of time on ice, he's not at the bottom of the pile there by any means for the Avs. And in defensive situations, how much is this team actually leaning on Kale? No, it's it's interesting this year with the Avs' defensive core and the way that Bednar is playing them because he is um, he's always kind of mixed and matched, but this is the first year where the group of six doesn't really have any standouts, good or bad. There are different skill sets within the six, but the Avs really don't have a number one defenseman. They don't 
really have a number six defenseman either. It's everybody kind of plays together and they roll the minutes pretty consistently. And it, it seems to really work for Bednar. And the fact that, you know, he feels comfortable throwing Makar and, and Gerard, who is the same age, out there in any situation, it, it says a lot. Because most rookie defensemen, they go out there and they don't get a lot of, you know, defensive zone starts. They're pretty sheltered. And that's not necessarily been the case with these guys. They've been asked to just go out there and play. And I know that McCarr does get a few more offensive zone starts than some of the other guys on the team, but he's still very comfortable out there. Bednar has a ton of confidence in him. You can tell by the jobs he's been asked to do and the fact that he's succeeded at them. So he is playing like a veteran defenseman already. Maybe not a perfect one. There are still some whoopsies here and there, but by and large, he is playing like somebody who has a lot more experience in this league than he does. And it's unbelievable that as a rookie, he is being played that way and succeeding. It's it's extremely rare. It's extremely amazing to watch, especially if you're a fan of the abs. Just how good is this guy going to be is the big question that I keep circling to if he's already playing like an above average defenseman now how how good is he going to be the sky's the limit when you're this good at age 21 basically <laughs> um you answered McKinnon versus McDavid for the heart for the Calder Kale versus Quinn no <laughs> it's very possible to talk about Kale McCarr without talking about Quinn Hughes. I know that there's some sort of like bylaw in British Columbia that makes that impossible. But, you know, anytime anybody wants to talk about Kale McCarr, you get at least one Vancouver fan screaming, but what about Quinn Hughes? <laughs> so Quinn is an afterthought for the Calder in your mind. So the, the stats just don't hold up. He is a really good defenseman. He is having a great year. If he was in any other rookie class, he would have an outstanding chance because it's very rare to have a defenseman doing what he's doing. It's not his fault that he is in a class with a potentially generational defenseman. Makar plays the same position, so it's pretty apples to apples, and he is beating them in every single category. I think the only leg that the Vancouver fans are standing on right now is time on ice, and I think they're within 20 seconds of each other, and the Avs don't have to overplay Makar. They have five other really good defensemen. They don't have to throw the rookie into the fire because... You know, they don't need to overplay the kid to protect the scrubbo that they have on the third line that they are like, I don't really want to send that guy out. We can make the kid go again. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like when the abs were really bad and they were throwing rookies into these big situations because they didn't have anybody else. That's not what this team is. So Makar is earning every one of his minutes because there are good 
people coming up behind him, competing with him for those minutes. Whereas Quinn Hughes is basically just being gifted the minutes. So the fact that they are so close in time on ice as well, you know, I, Quinn Hughes is a really good player, but McCarr just hasn't beat pretty much across the board. Is there, obviously with the injury, I think McCarr has fallen out of the, the Norris conversation that he was very definitively in, but when you're looking at rates of play, so when you remove the fact that McCarr's missed a handful of games, would he be in competition for the Calder or for the Norris this year? I, it's got to be next to impossible to catch John Carlson, I would think. But would he be yeah. potentially top three in the entire league? No, I haven't looked at the the full on rates, um, but. It, the fact that he is even remotely in the conversation as a rookie, because let's be honest, the Norris is kind of a reputation award. Um, you kind of need to be in the conversation for a few years before you win it. John Carlson is out to like this outstanding um, pace. He is outscoring everybody. It's It's been really interesting to watch. So I think that he's going to run away with it. But the fact that there is buzz already about Makar, the fact that he is scoring and he is being talked about in this light is unheard of for a rookie. Like, this is, this is extremely rare. Um, and he he's holding his own in that race. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he does end up with some Nor- Norris votes this season. Maybe not first place votes, but I bet somebody throws him a fifth here and there. Um, so yeah, I, I think he is at least roughly in that conversation and it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Is it safe to say the last rookie to come into the league and be this impactful was Connor McDavid, and then going back before that, you're starting to look at guys like Crosby? I don't know if he's... I'm not saying he's quite at that level, but there's no one between them. Defense is preventing goals. You're looking for an absence of goals. And scoring them on the other side too it's it's a lot harder to evaluate talent it's a lot harder to really get a read on but what Makar is doing is unusual it's special and there's always a chance that he falls off his pace but right now knowing what we know there is a really good chance that he is this generation's Eric Carlson. Uh, there is a really good chance that he is this generation's generational defenseman. And there is a really good chance that if he stays healthy and things break his way, that he could end up one day in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is that caliber of player. So, you know, the, the fact that he is getting all this award attention already and this and that, it, it, it's only starting. It, he, the sky really is the limit for him. And it, it's going to be fascinating to watch his career and watch how he grows, especially into that defensive side of things. Because like I said, it's not like a forward where Connor McDavid came in and started scoring, scoring, scoring. You know, there, there are still places where Makar can improve and will improve. Um, 
So it's, it's going to be a fascinating journey from, from that standpoint. So I don't know, it's hard to say, um, but he's the first defenseman in a, a while with this sort of potential. That's like so music to my ears, basically. <laughs> so very exciting times when it comes to Kale McCarr. Andy, as we wrap up here, any final st- thoughts or anything in particular you wanted to throw out there about the abs? No, not really. I mean, uh, I haven't been digging as deeply as normal into to stats. Some life happens, but this is a good team. This is maybe the first year that the Avs have been an honestly good team in probably 15 years. Like last year, you looked at it, they were really top line heavy. Year before that, there was some luck involved and, you know, they've had their lucky playoff blips. But this year, the underlines are there. They've got depth. They're really balanced. They've got a lot of different skill sets. They're pretty well coached. I mean, special teams aside, you know, the goaltending is there. This is an honestly good team, and they are going to make a lot of noise in the postseason this year. And I'm just excited to, to see where they go, not just this season, but moving forward as well, because Timmons is coming, Byron is coming. There's still more there. And it's a young team, and they've already figured it out. So just like Makar, sky's the limit. And I'm, I'm excited to see just how close they get to it. I am excited as well. The Ottawa Senators are a team. The Colorado Avalanche are a good team. And there's a mighty big difference there. So... <laughs> I'm excited to see what the rest of the year holds, be it statistically or just whatever is happening on the ice for the Avs. We're going to call it there. Andy, thank you for coming on. I hope you start feeling a little bit better soon. It's been a fun one. I hope you all enjoyed the statistical look. I like to try to get it in at least a couple times a year where we take a look at some of the numbers. So thank you for listening, and you will hear from us again tomorrow. Total Bev is giving the DNVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 to $75 when you use code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products as well. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and get 30% off your purchases of $25 to $75. And better yet, you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home and you can get it delivered. Cheers.